Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, and as always, my brother Noel. Hey, Noel, how's it going? Oh, just great. It's great. Got back from the vacay and uh, ended on a low note. We all know why. Yeah, pretty good game. Pretty good game, I would say. So, uh,. We'll be talking plenty about that, but let me get through this real quick. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, the Facebook group, and just search Beltway Sports Bros. You can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. Obviously, you are listening to this show right now. Please hit subscribe or the follow button so you don't miss a single episode going forward. All right, well, let's uh, just jump right in as we tend to do with the quick recap of Washington's fifth straight loss. Hey, I was thinking, Noel, remember when they beat the Eagles and we said this could be the only victory that they have this year? Yeah, and we're on a roll here. <laughs> we're on a roll. Like I said, could be the worst team in the league. Ah, the Jets are pretty bad, but oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, you know, toe to toe, bottom three, no <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, um, quick recap as I mentioned. First drive, Washington drives the ball for 12 plays, 39 yards, ending with a missed 47-yard field goal by Dustin Hopkins. It's becoming a trend recently. Next drive, New York went nine plays, 48 yards, ending with a 33-yard field goal by Graham Gano. Two plays later, Kyle Allen threw a horrendous interception in triple coverage to James Bradbury at the Washington 46. Three plays later, the Giants scored a touchdown on a 23-yard pass from Daniel Jones to Darius Slayton. Washington then answered with an 11-play, 70-yard drive, ending with a Hopkins field goal from 35 yards out. Next drive, the Giants drove down the field on eight plays for 73 yards, ending with another Gano field goal. Following drive, Washington put together a 13-play, 70-yard drive ending with a nice fade pass in the back of the end zone from Allen to Logan Thomas to make the score 10 to 13 Giants to end the first half. After a couple of punts by both teams to start the second half, the Giants drove 14 plays, 73 yards, but ended with a phenomenal pick by Kendall Fuller in the back of the end zone. Thank God they called it on the field because I don't think that was an interception, but I think he was out. He definitely was out, but um, Washington turned the turnover into three points. In the biggest play of the game, Kyle Allen got strip sacked and Tay Crowder returned it 43 yards for a touchdown. With three and a half minutes left to go in the game, Washington drove 10 plays, 75 yards, ending with a beautiful 22-yard touchdown pass to Cam Sims, making it 20 to 19. Your boy, Cam. (laughs) Cam. Then old Riverboat Ron lived up to his name, deciding to go for two points on that two-point conversion, which consequently they missed. Game over with a score of 20 to 19, New York Giants. All right, Noel. Well, let's get to the game. What were your thoughts on it? Well, I was close on the score. I mean, since we gloat about those kind of things, I had 24 to 14. I mean, mm. yeah. No, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it, yeah, close. I Look, I'm going to start right with the elephant in the room, the two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't see the philosophy there. I was screaming. I had a feeling. And like I told you all before, I have ESP when it comes to negative shit. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling they were going to go for it. The whole time I'm asking why, why? And I'm looking at this information here, 
saying the defense didn't give up a damn point in the second half. Right. Okay. So let's just say they kick the extra point. It goes to overtime. And even if the Giants get the ball, isn't this supposed to be the strength of your team? Even though they start game sloppy sometimes, they give up some big plays, but leave it in the hands of your defense. Wasn't that the primary goal here to start the season? Now, the excuse that baffled me, fine, play to win, all this bullshit crap that he gave in the press conference, fine, deal with it. Going for the win, making a statement. He said on two to three different occasions during the press conference, when you're away, you go for it. I saw that. (laughs) Away? There wasn't a fucking fan in the stands, dude. I know. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I wrote that down, too. You must be on on meds. You've got to be. He is on meds. I mean, something is like opiates I'm talking (laughs) about. Like, they're using, like, shit that they use back in the old fucking West. (laughs) He's going to, like, a Chinese tent to, like, smoke off some fucking opium. This guy continued to use the excuse, like, analytics when you're away, which does make sense. If the crowd is rocking, if your defense can't hold serve, and you know if they get the ball, they're going to run it down your throat and score. There are scenarios which I agree with you, Ron, but don't give me this away from home shit. It's absurd. Who the fuck? What advantage did New York have? Baffling to me. You have to think about the circumstances, right? Like you said, they didn't give up a point outside of that strip sack, which the defense didn't give it up. They were getting run on a little bit and things like that, but they had no showing that they were going to actually score on this defense in the second half or definitely in the fourth quarter. Read the room, dude. Yeah. I mean, read the fucking room. And let's not forget, there were still 37 seconds left on the clock and they had two timeouts. So usually if you go for two, it's all based off your situation, right? So if your defense is getting crushed, like let's say that you were up three touchdowns and they were just rolling on you and you happen to get a a back end touchdown just to tie things up. Yeah, you probably should go for two because you know... Stop the bleeding, get the fuck out of here if you can get the two and go home. Absolutely. There are scenarios where I agree with it. Yeah, but in this situation, they still had two timeouts. They still could have scored even if you scored that two-point conversion. So the game wasn't necessarily over anyway. All they needed was a field goal. And apparently Graham right. Gano is a pretty good field goal kicker. Right. A lot better than ours. So, I mean, the logic makes no sense. The away logic makes even less sense. Less. I mean, that was, <laughs> I laugh When I heard him say that, I'm like, I had to Google. Did I miss something that they had fans? Mm-mm, not a single one. Even if they were like some redneck state that had 15,000 fans in it. Still, you're not away, dude. I know. It's not 80,000 fans rocking on your freaking overtime game. What are you talking about? The reason that they do that is because if you're away, it's loud and the offense is at a disadvantage. It, right. Because, and then you have to do the silent count thing and all that. There's no disadvantage. You're just playing None. on a different field in a cavernous stadium. It might as well have been neutral. It might as well have been on the fucking moon, man. Right. What are you talking about? And this guy is he, he's, out of his mind, out of his gourd. Out of of his his gourd. And we'll get to the game, but to stay on this for a moment more, if the reason why he put Allen in and all this shit, he's looking at the schedule and saying playoffs, playoffs, playoffs is what he's harping on in this, this stint of games. Now, if this were an elimination game and every game at this point basically is predicated on trying to make the playoffs, you ain't going for two. No. You're going to play it out. You know your team has played decent. 
and your defense has played decent enough to survive a drive by Daniel Jones and a shitty offense, what kind of playoff statement are you trying to make here playing to win the game? I'm not doing the hindsight thing because they missed it. I would oh, have no. gone off about this. Too. I would have uh, yeah. gone off about this just as much if they had made the two-point conversion. I want everybody to understand that. This was a bonehead play and a statement that didn't need to be made by this team. They needed to go to overtime, see what the fuck happened, and then you see what kind of character your team has. Not on one-and-done plays. And you know, the thing is, with Daniel Jones as much of an interception and, and turnover machine, you know they would have gone for it with that 37 seconds. You, something could have happened there. They could have gotten a pick. They could have gotten a fumble, strip sack, something on him because they would have forced the issue because they needed a win even worse than, than Washington did. They were playing like a team that just wanted to get a win. That's the type of team that goes for a two. Yeah. That's the type of team that says, okay, we want to get our first win now. Two-point conversions in this type of scenarios that Ron Rivera did are teams that are just trying to get a win like the Dolphins did last year or a team like that that's just trying to get that W, not trying to make a playoff statement like he's bullshitting us with. You bring up the Dolphins, and I was actually going to bring that up as well when they did that against Washington last year and drew up probably the worst play they possibly could, specifically so they lose that game. Right. They wanted to lose that game. And then they ended up winning like more games in Washington than it ended up getting. <laughs> right. But at, early on in the season, I mean, they were tanking hard. It was the tank for Tua thing. They ended up getting him anyway. But, you know, it was that exact situation. I think that that's what this was. And that's all I could think about when they lined up. I was like, they don't want to win this fucking game. They really don't. And he can say whatever he wants, but I don't believe that they truly want to win. I think that they want to lose these very important games, these NFC East games. I mean, this is a tie-breaking game, but the problem is, Rivera, all he's saying is that he wants to win. He was pissed. And if you're coming out and this is supposed to be a playoff atmosphere, right? This is what he has been criticized for bringing in Allen, seeing the writing on the wall that there is still an opportunity here to make a playoff push in a shitty division. Why are you coming out lackluster right off the bat with your defense yet again? Why are you getting down to a horrible New York Giants team down and have to come back yet again? They're not good coaches. They gave up two plays right off the bat, opening drive to a team that couldn't freaking drive on you and I if we had a freaking flag football team. Two plays, 45 yards right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones got sacked one time. Yes, did he have some hurries? Yes, he did. One time? On a guy that's a turnover machine? Give me a break, man. That questionable pick with Kendall Fuller was all because of Chase Young. He rushed the shit out of Daniel Jones and got that. But yeah, that guy... They is... were driving on that drive. That was a oh, bailout. Yeah. They were going to score on that drive, no doubt. They were. The defense couldn't do shit on that drive. <laughs> Another thing in, in Rivera's press conference that really puzzled me, everything that comes out of his mouth, in the same fucking sentence, he contradicts himself. Like, he doesn't even go to a different sentence. He just stays in the same sentence. And contra <laughs> right. It's the craziest thing. I mean... <clears throat> He's covering his bases, I guess. He knows he's going to get a question from both angles, so he just covers it all in one sentence. This is like Trump. He just says shit just to confuse people, and eventually they're just like, uh, all right, whatever, I, sure. Just a whirlwind. Just a whirlwind. Just go nuts, yeah. and then yeah. eventually you'll... It's like, it's like arguing with your wife. You know, <laughs> you, you start out with one thing, and then all of a sudden you're like, how the fuck did I get here? 
Right. Like just those whirlwind arguments that you have. You're like, whoa, uh, all I was doing was asking why you left the garage door open. <laughs> now all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, what happened three years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what confused me, he goes and says, um, they asked about if, if Kyle Allen did enough to retain his starting job. He said, oh, yeah, I, I would think so. Hmm. He goes, and then he goes out of his way to talk about his stats. He goes, yeah, yeah, uh, pretty good stats today and, and went ran down and then what the offense did I was like seriously are you fucking serious like he pretty much had identical stats what Haskins had I mean I would say it's pretty good you know I mean looking at his stats uh, yeah minus the minus the backbreaking a <laughs> fumble and the interception that they crammed down our throats and had two touchdowns off of his turnovers. Well, I mean, looking at his stats fantasy-wise, I mean, hey! <laughs> Fucking idiot. He had 280 yards. He uh, uh, had two touchdowns. He, you know, he's got to do better with those uh, turnovers, but yeah, I, mean, I would say that's pretty good. Turnovers turnovers. Shit happens, you know? <laughs> what is this guy doing? I don't know, man. And he even said, oh, we had a good offensive. We had 337 yards today. And but the same guy that doesn't give a shit about stats. You had 19 points, dude. Yeah. 19 points. There's teams that can do that by accident. <laughs> there are teams that could do that blindfolded. And we're talking up, hey, you know, he had a good day. A couple of things. You know, yeah. 14 points off of his turnovers. Couple of things. He said he's got to do a little bit better with the ball. Very productive day. Were you watching the same thing I was? If... Haskins would have thrown to triple coverage on that pick like he did. Oh, he was you know, faked he, out. It was man and then went. it was actually a zone and then went to man oh. or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the credit to the Giants on that one. All the you credit know. to the Giants on that one. And then he's just got to take care of the ball more. You know, when, when he gets hit at a guy directly coming at his face, he needs to hold the ball when he gets hit, Matt. I mean, don't yeah. you know that? No, well, you know, he's he's just, he'll learn. Has, shit happens. He'll, he'll learn. learn. He'll I mean, learn. he had eight fumbles last year and five for loss. You know, and he's played two games, and in this game, he's already fumbled and lost, returned for a touchdown. He'll learn eventually. You know, this is the playoff push we're putting in here. <laughs> Let's talk stats, okay? Yeah. Dwayne Haskins, the last game in Baltimore, which was probably one of his best games as a pro, even though he didn't have a touchdown. I mean, but whatever. He didn't have any interceptions, no fumbles, anything. He went 32 for 45, 314 yards, 71 completion percentage. With a seven average per pass. Kyle Allen, 31 for 42, 280 yards, 6.7 average, two touchdowns, one pick, and back-breaking fumble, right? Against Cleveland, Whoa, Cleveland God, har dude. horrible game. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> but it, but Arizona, you know, he went 19 for 33, 223, 6.8 average per pass, and a touchdown. No turnovers. I don't see the difference. And, and you've got a guy that has... NFL talent. Kyle Allen does not. He made a couple good throws today. We finally got a fade pass for the first time in, you know, 10 years or whatever. But I don't know. I just don't. I, don't I will understand. say this. And this is what's funny, right? And yes, the reason why he was brought in was to make this playoff push that I keep on reiterating over and over again, because this is what Rivera put him in for. Best chance to win playoff picture. Now, I kept hearing this about Allen. He rebounded from the turnover. With the next drive, he rebounded. Which hey, he did. Which he did. But it's like saying, like, oh, I'm a three-time world champion. The, re the reason why you're a three-time world champion is because you lost. Yeah. Okay? This guy's not a rookie. This guy's supposed to know the offense. 
Now, if Haskins or a young quarterback or a Herbert or something like that had done that after a massive blow of a turnover and a bonehead play, I would give him a pass. The reason why this guy was implemented into the offense is because he's Mm all-knowing, okay? At the end of the day, he had two turnovers that cost him 14 fucking points, and the total offense that they had, regardless of the positive drives that they put together, they only were able to produce 19 points. I'm going back to that. 19 points in this league, in this day and age, is not enough. Mm -mm. It's not. Nope. And looking at the defense, they held Daniel Jones to 112 yards passing TD and an interception. They gave up a good amount on the ground, though. Um, The second half, they were kind of wearing him down a little bit. But I will say that Washington's offense, at the very least, they only had one three and out this game. That's a big change. Absolutely. So they were able to give him a breather. But the defense still is suspect at best sloppy they give up big plays at the worst times that third and 10 was huge that they gave up in the second half could have gotten him off the field i'll tell you landon fucking collins again he's horrible absolute and the worst part about it is when i'm watching the games they're like oh there's landon collins again making a play at the at the line of scrimmage like have you not watched any of these games have you seen he is horrible. He even got blown up when he was supposed to be blitzing. That's the reason why that ball got off for the bomb over when Moreau got burned. He got lit the fuck up by Freeman when he yeah. was trying to come in on a blitz, got eviscerated on that blitz call because, and then the bomb was thrown and Moreau got burned. Now, Moreau got totally burned on that and took the wrong angle on the dude and got burned. I'm not denying that, but Landon Collins can't even hit the hit the quarterback. When Daniel Jones ran that like 47, 48-yard oh, run. God, yeah. Yeah. He was running yeah. next. He couldn't catch up with him. He with Daniel catch him. Jones. Is something wrong with him? Like, you don't have that kind of speed. You're a fucking safety, man. I was so excited <laughs> about know. that pickup. And I know. Like, he is just, he's horrendous. He's garbage. Well, that debate about him taking 21. Uh, yeah. Shit. Never going to happen. Come on, man. But look, Kyle Allen played serviceable. And I said this in the preview. And everybody listen back to it. I said the, these two things verbatim. And I told you again, and I'll say I have ESP, cannot turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Defense is going to win this game on two shitty offenses. The defense did enough, gave up some big plays to allow New York to have momentum in the game, and Kyle Allen lost the football game he for did. them. Bottom line, he might have pieced together a few drives and the offense looked serviceable. Shit, they couldn't look any worse than they did last week. Mm. The guy put... Three quality drives together, one of, I think, 10 of 70 yards, another one of 11 of 75. Yes, rebounded, drove them down the field after that back-breaking fumble, drove them down the field, got them in position to tie the game, potentially win the game. He had some good moments, some flashes, but let's get real. He lost Washington the game today. He didn't leave he did. it in the hands of the defense. And, and you know another person that didn't leave it in the hands of the defense with a two-point conversion? Rivera. Rivera. That's it. Those are the two guys that lost Washington the game today. I feel wholeheartedly, and we can play hindsight, and he got pissed off. Nobody can tell me what would happen. Well, I can tell you this, that it's a better than a 50-50 chance if you go into overtime. At least you get a puncher's chance Mm -hmm. than a one-and-done on a two-point conversion. So, yeah, I understand the philosophy in certain scenarios on the two-point conversion going back to it. But, man... This was a horrible decision. You lost the game for Washington today, sir. 
you and the boy that you brought in to take us to the promised land and try to win the play and make the playoffs today. This was the game that was going to put them in the driver's seat to a certain extent and go into the Dallas game, and they didn't have to win the Dallas game. Mathematically, they didn't have to win this game either, but this really, this Giants game really put them in the driver's seat that they didn't have to go out and win the Dallas game next week. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And let's talk about this too. He said he went for two, quote, the only way to learn to win is to play to win. Okay. The percentages of getting a two-point conversion, I don't know exactly what they are, but there's something like 50-50, yeah. something like that. Now, you've got a young team. You give them this only chance. You're one in five now. You haven't won in four games, and now you haven't won in five games. You would think that you wouldn't want to get them the best possible chance to win the game. And this is not about, I believe in you guys. You know, you're going to do this. I know it. What if they don't? And they didn't. So you've just lost the team again to me. You've lost them again with all of your crazy bullshit. If you would have won this game, they had a chance, like you said. I mean, now we're talking. Okay, now you beat the Giants. It wasn't it wasn't a pretty game, but they did it. Let's get through that. Let's get to the Cowboys and see if we can make some noise here. But now it's over. It really is. It's one in five. Are you kidding me? Yeah. There's no conceivable way. And look, this is a horrendous division, but these guys that are coming from these dominant D1 schools, they've never really lost. And now they're crawling deeper and deeper into a hole with no light at the end of the tunnel here. You think they're going to work harder or less hard in this case because they know it's fucking done. You know, if you would have... His next quote and his next carrot, so to speak, you know, when you throw the managers throw that carrot out there for you to grab that you can... The unreachable carrot will be... Now every, we're going to see what everybody's character is, and they're going to fight for their jobs for next season. That bullshit. That's going to be that'll that'll happen about. I'm going to predict about week eight ish, week nine. We're going to evaluate during the bye, okay? And then we're going to see who really wants to be on this football team. I wouldn't want to be on this Fuck team. Fuck no. If I was McLaurin, I'd be like, just trade me. Do me a fucking favor. You've got like literally three players on this team that are worth a shit, and. You're going to lose them if you already have it. If I were those guys in the D-line, I wouldn't want to be here. Look, ever. Th- this D-line, he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. We're looking to the future, but we're looking for now. Jonathan Allen ain't got much time left, partner. This D-line no. or this mecca D-line that we talked about, that you talked about, that we talked about the year before and all this to see if they can piece it together and all that, eventually these guys are going to want to get paid. And they're going to be off rookie deals. And I can tell you one thing. If I'm Jonathan Allen and seeing this garbage rotation and nothing being accomplished and I'm just losing years and that's the only thing that I'm losing and I can gain money elsewhere, I'm out. Oh, yeah. I'm not dealing with this shit. Okay? And I'm not saying he's one of the best tackles in the game, but I don't know what the hell he could be. He doesn't know what he could be someplace else. At this point in time, maybe a change of scenery is good for him. I don't know how much the Alabama ties stays put. I really don't. 
there is no philosophy in place. These guys, are, their heads are on a swivel, and we've talked about this before, about what's the philosophy here? You mean to tell me you couldn't have seen character building through going into overtime and seeing the, if whether these guys could grind it out in overtime or not? Exactly, exactly. To see whether it's the offense or the defense that gets on the field. You've always said that this is an evaluation process as well as, well as it is to win games. What more do you need than an overtime game in the fucking division, dude? Oh, I forgot. It was the fans that that created your decision for you. <laughs> if anything, it's a slap in the face of the defense. I agree. You can't stop them. So we're going to go ahead and go for two here. And we're going to you know throw our cards out on He's the table because I'm, I'm a gambler. He's nuts, Fuck man. You. I mean, they, they asked him that question. And he says specifically, he says, you know, like I said, nobody knows what's going to happen. You could lose the coin toss and the defense could have to go on the field and they could just, Daniel Jones and the, and the Giants could just ram it down our throats or we could get the ball and then we could do it, but nobody knows. But I can tell you that one of the two is going to potentially happen or better yet, who gives a shit? A fucking tie. That works mathematically even better than a damn loss. There are options, dude. And you took them all out of the equation. And again, the momentum was on Washington's side at that point. Regardless of what happened with the fumble and all that kind of stuff, they had the better chance to come out on top if he would have done it the right way. Yep. They just did. I've never seen a coach every game fuck something up. Never. I've never, ever seen this. And we've had some horrendous coaches, even Zorn, the swinging gate and shit. Yeah. I didn't see it on a... Every game level, every game he does something. There's always something, man. There's always something. And he actually managed the clock halfway decent in this game. Yeah. He actually did no, like normal coaching decisions. I mean, but everybody's gloating about the fourth downs. I mean, give me a break. They were all in situational plays that you could go for it on fourth down that a lot of coaches these days would go for it. It's not rolling the dice. Oh, there goes Riverboat. I'm like, dude, it's fourth and four. You're almost basically beyond the fact that he kicked him. As usual, the only one worth a shit on the entire team, Tress Way, bombs it to the Phenomenal. one. I mean, it worked, <laughs> it worked out. out. A that good decision, a decision, but it wasn't no. like only Riverboat would make it. To me, it was like, okay, this no. isn't crazy. Shit. The Eagles would have, he would have gone for it before right. the penalty. So yeah. give me a break. But it's not that outlandish, especially in this football. This isn't like Madden. You know, where you go for it on fourth down every single time. It was a feasible play. It was a momentum changer, and you go into the half with a touchdown. It's a good move. That's what coaches do. That's yeah. a normal coaching move. And it didn't have anything to do with riverboat, carnival, or whatever the fuck you want to call this guy. <laughs> I just, again, I'm going back to the fact that I think that he genuinely didn't want to win this game. I think that everybody should genuinely, and, and I know a lot of people were excited about this hire. Like you said before, not me. I think everybody should go back and look at some Panthers film. I think the Panthers last year, the excuse me, the year before that, lost at the goal line, couldn't get in three times. This is when they had Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, mind you. They would run sweeps. They try to reverse on one. They try these gimmicky plays, and there were three consecutive times they lost three games at the goal line. One situation where they were at first and goal. There are a multitude of situations that everybody really needs to look at with this guy. There's a reason why he was fired, everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, yes, change of scenery. Everybody talks about that. Did he deserve another chance based on making the Super Bowl and all that? Yes. Not denying that. Everybody deserves a second chance. But these scenarios that we're talking about here aren't isolated incidents. These happened when he was successful. There were games when Carolina was a very good team, 
that were winning games in spite of Rivera's decision-making. And I think everybody should be clear on that. He's an inspirational story based on what he's going through right now. And yes, you need to ease back on him maybe to a certain extent when it comes to him on a personal level. But on a working level, this is a track record that he has. And yes, Washington hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a long, long time, and he's been to one. I'm not denying that. He's won Coach of the Year twice. We haven't had that in a long time. I get all that. He's got a little bit of a resume. I'm not denying that, and I said this before when they hired him, and I was arguing with Matthew about it before we even had this podcast. But this guy has major flaws in his coaching. Major flaws. Mm -hmm. And everybody needs to take a good look at what this guy has done over his period as a coach. Because this will continue. This isn't going to change. And if people think that he's just getting his feet wet with this team, that's not the case. This is who he is. For better or worse, this is what you're going to be working with. It's worse. And also, let's consider this as well. Just outside of the coaching, he's made some horrible personnel decisions as well. Um, We've covered him before. But my number one is picking Scott Turner over Kevin O'Connell. And you had a guy in-house in Kevin O'Connell that was doing some good things. And it's so disappointing that they started all over again with this clown. And he's going to end up probably getting fired at the end of the year or something. Or probably, who knows? I don't know what Ron's Well, Rivera has a record of firing his coaches as well. Yeah. And cleaning house on guys and to save his own ass. Again, look at the record. This isn't just me hating on Ron. Look at his record. When the shit goes hard, he starts bailing on guys. Trust that. Heads will roll. And at least before when he was with Carolina, he wasn't the player personnel guy on everything. He had a voice, but he wasn't the end-all be-all. This is a dangerous path we're walking here. This is like having the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch all in one. He's a judge, jury, and executioner, everybody. Yeah. He didn't have that in Carolina. Even with the positive things that he did there. There's a reason. Yeah. Well, something to look forward to. Hey, <sighs> I promise you this. If he's here for five years, four to five years, he will have a productive playoff year. I promise you that. But at what cost? Are we retreading here? Or are we just going through the same thing? Are we patching? What's being built? Because by the time it's built, a lot of the guys that are quality players, the few that we have, are going to be out of rookie deals or ready to bail, man. And then you're starting all over again. What is he building? I don't see anything on this team but about three to four players that really you can hang your hat on. How long is this rebuild? Now, what's your plan moving forward? Are you planning on staying with this thing like the Philadelphia 76ers? (laughs) You know, that like to go for it for five years and then see where it goes from there and never get anything out of it? I don't know the philosophy here. And now we've brought in Allen, who I'm guessing is a stopgap. I'm not even sure anymore, He Matt. doesn't know. I'm not sure. He doesn't know. But anyway, we could go on and to on. To say if we're here for five years that he will have productive seasons, we don't really know that because like you said, he was he's never been in this role before. Who knows what could happen because he's never been in this situation and we don't know if he can be productive in this role. That's the concerning part as well, because he's not all there. I'll be honest, and I might get some backlash for this. Carolina, he was never comfortable, even when he was winning there. He was never comfortable. Here, he's too damn comfortable. A, 
with all the shit going down with the organization, with the harassment and the shit fire that that place is. B, what's going on with him medically at this point. Player personnel, everything. He has all the cards. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place. And like I said, judge, jury, and executioner with this dude. He's never been in this situation before to have all this power. And to me, he'll always be a defensive coordinator mentality. And the defense ain't even playing that good. So where's this guy at? I don't know. He's a dictator. And his personality, that doesn't bode well for anybody. No. Uh, Before he was saying, you know, this is going to be a a joint effort with Kyle Smith running things. And, and it did seem like at least when the draft that he did, he did have a lot to do with it, but you know, Rivera has the final say. If you have this erratic fucking psychopath making these final decisions, people are, are crying about Snyder. This could be even worse. And I still think he's in bed with Snyder too. He's still calling him Mr. Snyder. He still had to talk to him about benching Haskins. And the reason that Haskins played the first four games was essentially to appease Snyder. So I don't know what's happening here. I think this guy is putting off this facade that he's running things, but he's still answering to Snyder. But Oh, don't don't no, start playing. Don't, no, no, don't no, no, go no. that route. No, I'm not. I'm not. Because okay. he does still have to appease the owner, as any coach would, and any personnel guy would. Sure, he's got his name on the check. Absolutely. But when you knew from the very beginning that you didn't want Dwayne Haskins... But you played him to appease the guy who drafted him. And that's exactly what happened here. So let's not get it twisted. There's no other reason why he did that. We talked about this from the very beginning. Why didn't he just start Kyle Allen from from the jump? He knew the offense. It was an easy out. He wanted to show Snyder that he sucked. Yeah, it's a sabotage it job. It was a sabotage job. Yeah. So he did. And that's all we needed to see. But the fact is, when you take him out after he had one of the best games he's ever had as a pro... Makes it even worse and makes it even... I completely agree. It was like, whoa, well, uh, I got to pull this now. I should have yeah. done it during the Browns game, but now I gave him the Ravens game and actually looked somewhat competent. If it goes up from here, I'm going to have a shit storm one way or the other. I got to do it now. And um, and right. that's what happened here. I don't know if it's better at this point for Snyder to really be running things <laughs> than Rivera. Hey, and I've because... said this before with coaches with Daniel Snyder. He didn't tell Ron to go for, for the two-point conversion. He didn't. At the end of the day, these are Ron's decisions. He's going to have to live with them. And unfortunately, Washington fans are going to have to live with them as well. And it's unfortunate because there were some opportunities here on games so far, minus some dumb bonehead plays, that we still had opportunities to win this, these games and not fighting for the division at 1-5. and five. We could have potentially been 3-3. Three and three. We really could have. Hey, Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right let's end it there that's uh gonna do it for this episode we're on all major podcast platforms please rate review and subscribe if you like this show please share it on social media give you a shout out as we've done in the past again please follow us on instagram twitter the facebook group and our website beltwaysportsbros.com thanks for joining us and we will see you on wednesday